Welcome to Thought Cups, coming to you live from the main streets of Neo Chicago. I am Officer Kevin. And I'm Officer Grant. Grant, your apartment is looking mighty empty behind you. It's not empty. It's well, there's the no same. books on the shelf. Yeah, we got we got the books moved. The books are gone. Wow. So They're this will box. be the last this will be the last time you're recording in that apartment, I think, right? Yeah. Do you feel sentimental at all? No. I kind of figured. I figured it would just kind of like bounce off of you, you know. What, I mean, my hey, last place, my last place I lived in for like 10 years and that was like yeah. out of college. It was like my first adult apartment. It was a little bit of a crack den, but uh I miss it. Um, yeah, you know, I kind of miss it too a little bit. Humble yeah, it had, a, it had a lived-in crack den environment. Um, yeah. But this one's, it? you know, did I what? Did you fix the cracked den? No, you no, I crack? just left okay. it. I left that for the <laughs> landlord. Um, That's good. And then we moved here, and now I can't... It, it'll be good to get out of this neighborhood. It'll be good to get out of this apartment. And that voice you guys just heard, that is uh, Max Field is back on the show with us today from SBN Studios. How's it going, Max? Uh, it's, it's going okay. Uh, I'm live from the SBN three, uh, studio. Uh, what, uh, dude, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking at that apartment. It looks very upscale. looks very modern. Uh, it, it looks like it used to be a utility storage unit and like some landlord put a bunch of, uh, cabinets in it. Is that what I'm seeing here? It, it used to be a book binding company and then they turned it into apartments. Uh, yeah. What's- yeah. It, it looks interesting. It looks like a movie set. It, it, it has a little of that feel. I'm in uh, Printer's Row, so a lot of these buildings are, uh, they used to be printing presses and book binders and other such stenographic, um, you know, such material. What's the new place going to be? What's the theming there? Uh, multiple bedroom with, close, with closing door. Uh, as you can next? see up there, uh, this is loft style apartment and... Uh, this is just one big room, which kind of sucks. That's like a railway, or no? Railways have rooms. No, yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, and yeah, neither we does like anybody listening to this. Door, but whatever. They can. They can. <laughs> the people listening know what a loft style apartment is. The imagination Look, is incredible. It. Yes, it just it. in your mind. Just cl- if you're driving right now, and you're listening to this episode. Close your eyes and imagine what that might look like in your head. Wall and then driving. forget it because he's not going to live there anymore. Yeah. yeah. But we have with us today the king of new media, Max Field, here to talk today about his new game, Class of 09, The Re-Up. The Re-Up. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, w- what should I say about it? <laughs> well, so I, have a, I have a summary right here, if you'd like me to read um, oh just the official summary. It says, a group of FBI agents who graduated from Quantico in 2009 are reunited following the death of a mutual friend. Uh, that, that's spanning actually, three decades. Whoa, 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 whoa. That, that's actually a, a white supremacist code. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's not real. That was... Um, <laughs> see, FX... Uh, I, I, see, we put out our demo uh, for Class of 09 October... Oh, God. October 2020 was when that got released and then their show came like two years after. So, um, but yeah, that was a white supremacist coup by FX. FX is a, a white supremacist network. Uh, I met the guy there. He told me so. Very proud about it as well. I was very shocked. So yeah. They um, usually are. Yeah. That's, uh, NBC, uh, Disney, uh, all the play, all just white supremacist networks. I can't, I, I can't do it. But yeah. Um, 
yeah uh fuck where were we <laughs> uh talking about the game yeah class oh, yeah. of 09 you know what L- real quick let's just play the trailer for this game and have yeah. that speak for itself and then we're gonna t- we're gonna ask max some questions about the game uh-oh well kevin while while we're doing that why don't you keep talking more so that i can uh screen share i think that very be... smooth absolutely uh yeah. class of 09 we had you on the show previously to talk about the original class of 09 now this is the re-up uh it's not a sequel it's not a it's not a reboot is it a a side quill that's what that's what terminology was given to me was side quill i i just said it was like you know like a sitcom episode like like you know you you watch um uh, seinfeld like not every episode's a direct sequel but it's like the next one you know what i mean right a continuation as it were yeah i I would say so. so basically yeah it's like the next episode's just like a reset okay here's all the characters uh, getting up to some wacky situations once again. Yeah. We're seeing them in the same setting, and then whatever happens from there happens. Yeah. Here. Speaking of a continuation, uh, let's continue the episode with this game trailer. Um, do you want to go to the library with me? What the fuck is this game? Do you play video games to do conformist bitch shit like saving the world? Or are you a true Sigma who plays Class of 09 the re-up? I'd rather do that than end up the dick-sucking girl at Hooters. Play a real video game where you smoke indoors. Emphysema? Never heard of her. Robo-trip in public. Is that cough medicine? And meet the most realistic cop in the history of gaming. I want to fucking kill my wife! (laughs) Don't have money? Don't worry! (laughs) Rob a convenience store and buy 50 copies. If your mom doesn't like it, tell her to fuck off. Kill your mom. These anime girls don't want ramen and Pocky. Kill your mom and I'm all yours. They want you to murder your fucking parents. This is why you're a virgin. Don't be a conformist loser. Are you peer pressuring me? Be Nicole. Bitch, you do that shit. <laughs> Class of 09 the Rhea. It's not a dating sim. Why the fuck would any girl want to go do that with you? It's a rejection sim. Do you get turned on by the paperclip guy in Microsoft Office? That was, uh, that was Lyle. Lyle Rath, owner of Wrath Club. Um, yeah, that was his lovely voice. Uh, had the perfect voice for that trailer to really uh, uh, just hammer it into people's heads that they need to buy a game. Couple fun things I want to point out about that trailer, uh, where it says rob a convenience store and buy fifty copies. The disclaimer for don't rob a convenience store is very small, but also the copies were coming over the disclaimer and partially covering up the disclaimer. So there is a, it's it's a bit ambiguous uh, from a moral standpoint. But, uh, but the, I don't the intention was there, Max. The intention, yeah, the intention was there. Was there but, okay. but the copies flying everywhere, that did cover up the, the disclaimer. So, uh, yeah. And then uh, what, what was the other... I, I forgot the other nugget of fun. But uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's sort of how that goes. And also, yes, um, there are games out there, racist towards Italian America. Already there are you guys Italian. No, uh, no, thank God. Not even a little. Okay, well, guess what? Uh, no need to be offended by uh, insert redacted game here. Uh, it's very good. Yes, so Class of 09, the re-up. Um, I played the original. I played the new one. I uh, did a couple playthroughs of this game. Uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, it has a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of really fun writing in this game. Very humorous. Very, uh, very in your face, I would say. So basically, uh, we follow the exploits of Nicole who is a student in the year... Well, this is starting in like 2008, going into 2009, correct? Yeah, yeah, basically. And then, you know, for... uh, I think we said this last time, but like both Grant and I are of this age. Uh, I was class of 2008. Uh, Grant, you were class of 2009, right? Yep. This is a game about me, actually. It is. I was Nicole. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Your transition is amazing. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Give it up. 
Yeah, and this is uh, I I really like and you know I'm I'm sure I covered this last time too, but I really appreciate a lot of the cultural references and stuff, and I think the game really does a great job at uh at at setting the player in that time period because this is a time period I have a lot of reverence for. You know, I I grew up in this era, I was a teenager in this era, and it's not something that you see spoofed super often in media, at least yet. Uh, I'm willing to bet that you're going to be the first of many to come, many copycats eventually, because as we said many times on the show as well, uh, there's like something of a like a 20 year nostalgia cycle for a lot of stuff. And I feel like this is Kevin's favorite thing, the 20 year nostalgia cycle. He brings it up every episode, every single chance I get. Uh, Oh, I've been saying that, too. Wait, what year did you start saying that? Hold on. Hold on. uh, Probably 20 years ago. Oh, bullshit. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. All right. No, but yeah, that's, I've also said that the retro rule is 20 years and the point of irrelevance is 10 years. Yeah. And I think like being like in that sweet spot between those two just means you're, the, you're just ahead of the game, you know? Right. 15 years ish, you're just ahead of the game. People are going to be copying what you did in five years or whatever. Yeah. 2008, 2009 is. Yeah, up. I don't I don't have a real soft spot for that era. TBH, I feel like as time has gone on, uh, things have gotten hopefully maybe a little bit better for uh, the children in high school. But I am glad uh, to have gone to school, you know, graduating in 2009, because it seems like since I've graduated, a school gets shot up every day. So maybe I'm glad to have, <laughs> you know, withstood all the bullying and shit because uh kids nowadays it's just like well here's your clear backpack it's like that will be a lot less like the the class of 2019 will be a lot less fun of a game to make fun of survival horror yeah Uh, uh, yeah it'll uh i mean we're i think we're already seeing the the school shooter simulation games already popping up everywhere um as early as like 2012 i think i remember people putting out games like that but now yeah Mm -hmm. no it's getting more common there's been fps's of school shooting simulators there's been top-down legend of zelda graphics looking school shooting simulators like yeah no that's that's getting everywhere oh boy well you know it's not seen from like a nostalgic angle though no one's like oh man i i I miss the drills you know great great fucking story um, like how they would do, uh, what do you call it? Like duck and cover drills in the Cold War. And like we laugh at it. And my parents are like, that's not funny. We thought we were going to get bombed. And it's like, haha, shut up, grandpa. We don't care about your school shooter drills, you fucking loser. There's you know? a guy, there's a guy who gets in my Twitter spaces and he, he talks, regularly talks to a guy who was in the Parkland shooting. The, so the guy is like, uh, so he's telling the guy in the Parkland shooting about this game, which is fucked up. I don't know why he would do that. Because one of the first things he says about he goes up to him. Oh, the Parkland shooting guy. He's he's a rapper. His name is Lil Fur. Uh, and you can play his music in the middle of this or something if you want. But basically, yeah, he's a rapper named Lil Fur now. <laughs> my wordplay is literally kung fu. Tell your auntie, your mommy, and your uncle. We'll and see. my my friend, uh, my friend, uh, uh, or no, he's not my friend. It's just some kid in my Twitter spaces. I fucking hate this guy. And so what he does <laughs> is he he goes up to uh he goes up to the Parkland shooting victim and he's like, yeah, it's a class of '09. It's a it's a it's a good video game. And he but you might find it a little offensive. And the guy in the Parkland shooting goes, uh, what is there a school shooting in it? And he goes, yeah, <laughs> fuck it. And so, uh, but but that's amazing that that it's such a small world we'll run into a Parkland shooting guy. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> small um, world. It is small. This is that's what the song was originally based on. Small world Disney ride. They got to update that. That's true. I agree. Yeah. What shooting were you in? Um, you know, 
everybody around the world comes together to trauma dump over their collective uh hate to break it to you i don't think everyone in the world has the same problem well give it time give it time anyway well let's move on from this very dark dark topic yeah yeah Uh, while i while i do have a lot of reverence for this time period i am very glad that i did not go to high school with nicole because she is a monster and you i mean She's a a well-written monster, but like she is a fucking sociopathic monster. Why? What does she do? That's so bad. I don't understand. I would say like she she has her moments, but like the way that she she's she's unfeeling, the way that she talks to her friends, her parents. I mean, I think like a lot of people in the game are fucked up, and maybe Nicole is just a product of that. But I think that she is oftentimes, at least from the sections that I played through, the impetus for a lot of horrible shit to happen and a lot of terrible things said. Uh, what what what's one terrible thing she said? I don't I don't buy it. What, Kevin's give, just a a soy boy snowflake. Uh, uh, yeah, cop. yeah, He's, uh, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, we gotta raise our trucks on on those big old tires. Yeah, we, we're out here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what's one bad thing she says? Come on, Kevin, repeat it on your show into a recording. Uh, verbatim? Uh, no. I think like, God, you know what? And I will say, Max, maybe part of this is on me because this is a choose your own adventure. And some of the things that Nicole did were, you know, they were my choice. But, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, let's go to the mall. And then Nicole, you know, gets into some shit that I didn't tell her to do. She just going on her own. I didn't tell Nicole to, uh, her and her friend to start snorting her mom's beta blockers, but they oh. did. I mean, that's, uh, no, you click, you click the button that says crush and snort mom's pills. Like you clicked that button. I thought it was just, I just skipped school. Kevin's, Kevin is a, you would know um, better than me. Trust me. I mean, Kevin is a trolley problem truther. He's Uh, like, yeah, I had to, I had to kill them. And we all go, no, it's a, it's a mental exercise. You're just supposed to think about these things. You don't actually have to take the beta blockers. He doesn't know that you didn't have to do that. There's a choice in opting out. To be fair, though, that was my second playthrough. And I think I was trying to be the most evil I could possibly be. Right. No, I I get you. People definitely, uh, that's definitely a thing where people are like, you watch the streamers play. We we had a couple of VTubers who were like, like 700 live viewers. And and they're like, what are we going to be nice this route? We're going to be mean this route. We're going to be funny this route. Like they they do. Yeah. yeah, Everybody takes it their own way. Yeah, absolutely. But still, I think like it, it. It's still there's a lot of humorous dialogue in the game. Um, and Nicole, she know she has her moments. She stops a hate crime in one of the playthroughs I did. Um, I mean, can I say? Can I say this is is Nicole supposed to be? Uh, what what was the influence for Nicole? Is Nicole some sort of uh, Dostoevskian underground woman? What what, what uh, you're gonna have to define a Dostoevsky? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, just define the the D word to me. Uh, the writer Dostoevsky. Yeah. What? No, I, mean, keep, I know that. Yeah, but keep what going. Were, what were his like? What were his works? What? what well, what the uh, the underground man, I think, in particular, he's just this guy who just like does things to spite himself, and he's just kind of this like miserable guy that understands that there's just these contradictions in life that don't need to be really sort of like dealt with, and because of these contradictions that exist, he takes it upon himself to just like 
be an awful person just because that's what <laughs> makes him feel good. Wow. I know a lot of people on Twitter who just live that modernly like every day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, he's yeah, it's kind of like the the uh, archetype of like the modern Twitter troll, you know, to that's, be that's, frank. Well, so I would say to answer your question, um, the thing with the, I, I guess the, the crux of the idea for, for Nicole is like, what if you took all of the social opportunity of being a pretty girl and you combined it with just like the horrible like man brain and you just like a lot of those elements of, you know, and so obviously that's displayed through the choices th that are made, you know, you sort of choose mm -hmm. and make her do that stuff. But, but yeah, it was like, what if you take all these social opportunities uh, and and you you could just do whatever the fuck you want and there's no consequences. And um, it, it kind of stems from like a, a lot of conversations I have with girls more so nowadays where it's like th there's a guy who's annoying them and I'm like, just I, I'm just like, tell him the fuck off. Like what, what you know, is there really like, is there really anything? It's like, oh no, but what if, what if he does this or what if he beats me up? I'm like, dude, men are fucking pussies post social media. They aren't going to do shit, bro. Like, like it, it's, unless it's like, Unless it's like, you know, you're living with uh like domestic violence, abusive guy and like you're right. you're trapped in a situation. That's the but like random dudes who come up who have no ties to you, no link to you, no nothing, and you, you feel like you have to be nice to them. It's like, no, they're bitches. Like, what are they gonna do? Like fucking nothing. You know, and so um that that's just sort of the reality that I see is like the most the most fucked up dudes who who obsess over women, like the the ceiling is like Oh, I'm gonna like cry and bitch and moan and like start a noise band. Like it's always it's it's always like some some dumb shit. But yeah, I, I think that uh, because then what's the other option is like you be nice and now you have this fucking loser in your life who won't fucking go away and you can't tell him to leave. You can't <laughs> tell him like fuck off. And so it's it's uh sort of the crux of Nicole is showing how niceness only leads to bad things for women. Uh, it, it, I, I mean, yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure every woman or the majority of women in America, at least, can can agree to that because every bad situation that they've been in was because they were nice. I could see. Yeah. And I guess that kind of comes back to Nicole being a product of her environment. Right. I, I mean, part of the environment. Uh, yes, we don't really establish that so much in the game, but I guess that's more implied just through like we all lived that time. So we know what's going yeah, on exactly. in that time. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I'd say that that you you could you could use a bit of that in there. Um you see bad things and you're like, "Well, I'm just operating off these bad things." Like, Fuck it, you know. Um but yeah, uh I I would say that that's sort of uh how that goes. But yeah, I do like to maintain uh unless you're Yeah, no, cuz I'm thinking like I'm trying to think of the hardest dude on social media. They still like don't actually do shit. They still just like make a video where they complain on Twitter like yeah, I'm thinking like six nine or any of these guys. Like I'm thinking, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Andrew Tate. Yeah, he's yeah, a he's a pretty uh, bad guy. Yeah, yeah, like Andrew Tate. Like what? I, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, he just goes on Twitter and he fights with these people. But it's like, dude, you're not you're not gonna do anything. You're not gonna like take a gun and go shoot a motherfucker. Like, you're not. Well, the trafficking thing. But aside from that. Oh, no, but he's not doing that with the people he beefs with. He does that with women who fall for being nice to him, right? That's true. I mean, he's, he does pick fights with, like, Greta Thunberg. And <laughs> it's like, funny. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to, like, do, man? You're, you're in jail right now, so what are you going to do, you know? Is Wait, he still in jail? I feel like... 
No, he was like on house arrest or something. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Glorified. Yeah. House so arrest. Max, what made you want to return to Class of Night? Because the game's the game was already out. It was already done. What made you want to come back to it? Uh, money. Money. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, can't fair. believe me there. Cannot. Believe there. Not not to say that. I mean, yeah, like I mean, dude, like wh- wh- when you when you work in entertainment full time, like you you got to just it, quickly be on to the next thing. Uh, a part of it mm-hmm. was like, a part of it was like now that I had a game out and it it reviewed, I think it reviewed like ninety two percent, which is it's that's like that's not like great on Steam, but that's definitely good. Um, basically, when you do that, now I had a proven product and I proved that I could, I I wasn't just doing you know, old remix tapes or old, uh, you know, or YouTube videos, I could do this on any medium. And so from there, I was able, uh, I had a script that I did in like maybe six months. I kind of hung out for six months after Class of 09 during that period. Uh, these were one of the shows I, I came on. Uh, then another six months, I was writing the shit. And then I got to a point where I'm like, there's no way I can release this shit alone because like, I, I just, I just can't do it. Like we have to attach somebody to this to, to get it out there. And mm-hmm. so, uh, Lyle Wrath of Wrath Club was, was a dude. Um, I mean, we, we had talked on and off for probably close to 10 years. And he, he's a guy with a lot of buzz. He's on Oni Plays. He voiced, uh, Smiling Friends. Uh, his old school series was Sanity Not Included, which a lot of, uh, Zoomers apparently love. And, uh, well, older than Zoomers, a lot of people like it, but Zillennials. Uh, Zillennial is a very good phrase. Uh, I like that phrase. Yeah. We learned that last week. Well, didn't learn it, but we had it. We talked about it last week. That's good. That's good. So, but yeah, so, so this guy was, was always, was always in the mix, always in everything. And I came to him and I was just like, I was like, dude, I'm sick of doing projects that do okay. Like, like just put your name on it. We'll, we'll work something out. Just, just fucking we'll, we'll, we'll work, you know, everything. Yeah. And then, so he did it. And so I was like, okay, good. I'm going into this. I know I have a publisher. I know I have some sort of, you know, surplus package of promotion. And so that's what, that was like the driving factor of like, okay, I can do this and it'll be economically feasible. Um, uh, yeah, and then also with the re-up, uh, I wanted to rectify a lot of the issues that we ran into with the first game, where some people felt that there was repetitive content, some people felt like the stems didn't make sense from one to another, stuff like that. Okay. And uh, and basically, like the, the I, I guess the main, I thought that this would be cool, but it ended up deterring against the game, where I wanted a game where you only get the cool content if you and your mind are cool enough to pick the right option. Uh, players don't want to challenge in a visual novel. They just want to play it and be entertained. So with this one, all of the options are sort of more spread out. You, you get every single route you go through, you get some entertaining shit, hopefully, um, you know, wherever you go down. Uh, so yeah, it was to rectify issues and, and money. Uh, those are the two options. <laughs> so would you consider yourself like something of a perfectionist because like you saw these, uh, crit- uh, critiques or criticisms like coming out of the game and they sound pretty mild, but like you felt the need, like, money aside of like i can do better oh yeah well i i definitely felt like i could do better now that that now that i knew um i i, I feel yeah man i mean i was going into a new genre i never made a game and so the mm-hmm. you know, when i differently making videos and making anything interactive that has a, a a varying story is that i went from having all the control on what the player's supposed to do to now it's in the player's hands so what I had to do was rebuff, okay, even if the player picks the shitty option, are they still going to have a good time? For sure. And so um, so that was, like, big for me. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of perfectionist, I, I mean, look, the first game was uh, 91%. Uh, the second game was 100% for a while. Or it's like 100... 
the recent reviews, it's 100%. Like, there's not a single negative review. And then overall, it's 98%, which is overwhelmingly positive on Steam. That's where you start. Like, 95 and above is like, that's where you start getting like a solid, you know, Steam uh, review thing. Yeah, I, sounds good to me. I mean, anything over like an 80, I would be like, I mean, but I don't know jack shit about this. So I'm like, okay, 80% of people like this. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, but it's a passing grade. It's a B. Yeah, 98, though. That's pretty damn high. Yeah, what I was told was, um, well, thank you, but, uh, or, or, so I read this article. I guess I'll, I'll throw this info on Thought Cops if somebody wants to learn about it. Steam reviews are are, are generally weighted to be very, very positive by default because you mm. it's like some psych- psychology of like people are usually only going to review a game uh, if they like it or they feel they have to support the developer or something like that if it's a smaller game. I'm only going to buy a game if I think that I'm going to like it. So like that's already, you know, like yeah, conscious absolutely. bias. No, absolutely. Bias. Uh, and so... Uh, basically, like, uh, anything uh, 80 to 90, or yeah, like 80 to like 89 is considered average on Steam. And then once you get to like, uh, you know, 90, 91, it's like, okay. And then, uh, and then 90, 94 and up, that's considered like, okay, you have like a well-reviewing sort of game here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um it feels like this one, I, um, this one's bigger than the last one, right? It's like filled. It's meatier. It's there's more oh. content. Oh yeah, it's almost it's almost like three times the length, uh, uh in terms of like uh, accessible content, uh, and like how do I word this? Uh, basically, people will a hundred percent the game as in getting all seven endings. You can hundred percent the game and still not have seen all the content in the game, especially earlier on. So, like, there's so many sprawling paths in this one uh, that, yeah, so some people even miss them, even if they say it's their favorite game. There's some paths people will replay, like, you know, a year later and still find, you know, new stuff here and there. Did you grow up playing dating sims or visual novels at all? Absolutely not. And the visual novel purists hate that. Uh, there was yeah, actually. I don't think I. I did not. Grant, I'm sure you no, probably I, did not. Yeah, I remember like on certain websites, like uh, Albino Black Sheep, uh, E Bombs World, like New all Grounds. those different ones. Like they would have certain things, and like you just be like scrolling. You're like 15 years old, and you're just like, "What's this about?" And you play one, and you're like, "No, no, I. This is not holding my attention. I don't care about <laughs> this." But I mean, what I like about this is that it is interesting and funny and funnily written. And I mean, the the uh, you don't have to voice acting alone. (laughs) Incredible is incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, uh, there was a lot uh, with that that we could go into. I I don't know if you want to go through it now. (laughs) I mean, last episode, we talked about brushing our teeth. So uh, you can go off on literally anything. Because, like, I, I I know that you were very active in the voice acting scene. Like, you mentioned Twitter spaces earlier. I know you... I don't know about recently, but I know at least at one point you did a lot of Twitter spaces where you would give talks um, and advice on people who are, like, wanting to get into voice acting, correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I put out uh, How to Be an Online Voice Actor. That was a YouTube video back in 2015. And I did that series for a while. That got, like, over a million hits. And a lot yeah. of dudes who end up working on, you know, going to the studio, whether it's Funimation or L.A., a lot of guys come back to me and they say, "Hey, I watched your videos and they they put me on the proper path." But yeah, That's no, awesome. I've been I've been I've been teaching in that scene for uh fuck, I guess like 8 years now. Cool. Yeah, cuz I I I feel like you know, just being that you are somebody who knows so much about that topic and like knowing that when I was playing this game, 
a lot of the dialogue, I mean, I don't know the process of like how you directed people or whatever, but it comes across. It's great. Like every line feels feel like everyone's in the same room type shit. You know, it's very yeah. just like bounces off each other naturally. And thank you. Yeah. No, that's something that the corporate sort of media world is, is still struggling to do uh, to this day with, and I'm sure you guys could concur with the various games that you've played in the last 10 years. Uh, voiceover is not, really taken seriously as an art form by the people who control the money for what gets budget. And so because I was already a voice director and I was the guy producing the game, uh, you know, there, every actor is working with the guy who wrote the script and is now directing it. So there's going to be nothing lost in translation in terms of vision. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, at one point, you know, and again, like a lot of them don't really do comedy. Like that's not really something voice actors get is comedy. Like they get press the A button to continue or they have to do an anime. They're like, ah, oh, Makamoko-san, how can you be, be that way? Like it's just all that. <laughs> yeah, right. And right. so actors get so much work to where they get something called a resting anime accent. And uh-huh. so, and so basically like it's that, ah, and so. Uh, with, with like, how with, could you? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. The, uh, but, but yeah, so basically we, I, so what we have to do is we have to like, uh, with people with more lines, we have to do a lot of line reads. We have to link references. Uh, one, so, uh, the, the two lead actors, uh, Elsie Lovelock and Kaylee Mills, they were given, uh, episodes of The Simple Life. And I was like, you have to learn this cadence because, for the last 10 years, you've been talking to theater kids who wave at people with both hands. You don't know what real people sound like anymore. Watch The Simple Life. Yeah, Carousel yeah. and Nicole Richie are the realest motherfuckers of all time. You know, and so... You, True. <laughs> True. <laughs> that, that's still a great show to this day. First three seasons, uh, undefeated reality TV. Um, but but yeah, um, so we have to link those references. At one point, I'm linking references of someone who is l- a little less like, you know, popular and, and vapid. And uh, I'm looking for... YouTube vlogs of girls from 2008 with only fucking like 35 views a video. And it's like these girls just like put it out, you know, 15 years ago. Like, what the fuck is this going to be? And now we're using this to train actors for, for this game. So it's, it, it's interesting how like you never know what's going to become valuable when you put it out online. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was so much shit like that. But yeah, it was a lot of, um, you know, like a lot of the, all the actors are, are very well trained. It's just, the work that you do is always going to affect like sort of your, your general working stance because you're so used yeah. to the client wanting one thing. Then when another one comes in and says, no, we need screen sound. Some people just forget what that even sounds like. Yeah. I, I, I've seen you talk about, um, yeah, like you mentioned like resting anime voice. And I've seen you talk about like people who get into that industry. It's such a very specific thing. And you were even saying, if I remember correctly on Twitter once about how there is like a certain like, um, almost like a certain archetype of voice actor that goes for like anime roles specifically because yeah. like, and it's like a specific genre too. Like there's like something that they're like, they want to hear when like, you know, for example, Funimation or Crunchyroll is like casting the dub of like whatever. Right. Yeah. So, so basically what I say is, uh, I think I put this on TikTok and it got, uh, it got fucking huge. It, it was like 250,000 plays where, I thought I was like kind of just like trolling a little bit. Like I was being real with what I was saying, but I, I thought mm-hmm. people were going to be pissed. So that's why I thought it'd be funny to post it. I was going to say, but, I, I feel like you get a, you get a little something out of like pissing people off just maybe a little bit. Oh uh, yeah. No, dude, that's like, that's like everything I did. I mean, this game pissed people off. Jesus Christ. Oh, you know, I'm but, sure. I'm sure. Uh, but what I would say is, 
uh, how do I word this? Well, I guess the archetype is people who just watch cartoons, anime, and video games. And, that was it, yeah. And and though, like, and what I tell every actor, I tell this in classes. I tell this with more advanced actors when I'm trying to get them on board for this game. Not all actors need this. It's just some who got in just for the sake of of those projects. What I tell you is like, dude, if if all you know is cartoons, anime, and video games, and you can't pronounce Beanie Siegel, and you don't know what's going on with um, you know, Taylor Swift and, you know, or whatever the fuck, if, if you're not outside of those three things, you're, you're, you're always going to sound like a shitty actor. Yeah. Like, like you, you and so it's, and, and that's, that's everything, man. It, it's like drawn from life. Like, I mean, this is a whole fucking yeah. game drawn from life. Right. Uh, and, and they'll tell you, uh, in, in, in drawing and music and everything, they tell you to, to, to study from life and, and put it out there, but cartoons, anime and video games, it's not real life. That was yeah. the uh, the famous um, to quote my favorite uh, anime, actually my, my favorite manga, um, the Book of Five Rings by Miyamoto Masashi. Uh, he said, uh, you know, if you want to study the blade, you got to study painting, you got to study the guitar, you got to study all these things. You're just developing, you know, you're developing yourself so that you can, uh, you know, chop people down with the sword. Yes. That's uh, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, it, it's like when the those kung fu movies where the guy has to like be blindfolded and stand on bamboo, and you're like, "What the fuck does this all mean?" You know, it, it's crane style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 the same philosophy, I'd say. Yeah. Can I ask you how, how do you how do you feel about anime, like in in general? Because I'm kind of curious. Because I feel like when I play your game, there is like a certain like um disdain for that culture even though the art style is Good. very the Good. art style is like very very <laughs> yeah it's very anime look like looking if you look you look at this it looks like you know almost aside from what they're wearing and everything it looks like almost any other visual novel but i feel like you as a person i'm curious how you feel about anime so uh anime i, I mean ignore like, the toys behind me just be honest oh uh, dude yeah no don't worry i i i destroy people 24 7 on twitter spaces i'm an internet tough guy uh <laughs> no but fucking what is it um I, i'll be honest like it, with 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 you know less than one percent of exception anime is is pretty fucking bad in terms of writing mm-hmm. uh which is odd and it's so it's such a it's cruel because anime, in terms of an art style and a visual art form, anime is the most influential art style and the most like the most like cra- like the highest craftsmanship of animation that 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 we have right now. And we've seen in the 21st century, most influential art style. So many Western people are trying to draw like anime. Yeah. Uh, and, and so anime is a very it's a very polarizing craft because it, it looks so like I remember, dude, shit fucking like. Uh, you remember that movie Metropolis? Uh, yeah, like mm-hmm. they had, yeah, it's like, it's like, dude, this, this is fucking insane. Like visually speaking, this is on another level, but I feel like if I went back and watched Metropolis, I'd be like, dude, this is kind of fucked. Like, this is, I, what, what am I watching? Like, you know, it, right. and it's one of those things where, uh, it, I guess it has to do with, you know, as a kid, I mean, look, we're, we're all zillennials here, I guess. Um, no, we're, we're like solid. Uh, yeah, millennial. We're millennial. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a solid zillennial because, uh, I remember 9-11. But I don't uh, remember the ramifications or effects of it. I wasn't scared as a child. There's so that's a cutoff. Makes, yeah, that's what makes me a millennial. So, uh, but basically, as a millennial, we we got to look at like sort of the history of how anime got into our uh, world, where uh, there was a time. So, Batman and Robin came out. They were trying to do the superheroes in the ni- '90s. It wasn't just you know now. 
they were trying to create those cinematic universes back then. And 98... Like the, ca- the cartoons and stuff or the movies? Uh, the movies, Batman and Robin. Oh, okay. Right, right. And, and so Batman and Robin drops. It's fucking terrible. Everybody hates it. And that created a lull for about four years between that and Spider-Man uh, by Raimi. That created a lull where there were a lot of younger kids who were like, oh, yeah, Batman's like kind of lame. Not all kids. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's going to be exceptions here and there. But there was definitely a lull where something could come in. And I think that was, if that never happened, I don't think anime was be as big as it is in America now because Dragon Ball and Pokemon entirely took that lull and fucking ran with it. Uh, and, and they, they just found that, that dip and, and they, they slid in. Yeah. It's kind of ironic because I feel like, uh, Batman and Robin is the most anime of those Batman movies. Uh, I don't agree or disagree with that. I, I kind of no, I, I, I kind of see where you, I no, I see where you're coming from. Out. Actually, it's it's very like over the top. Yeah, it's very it's it's like comic booky. I which mean, which is very anime. You know, anime is very over the top. Yeah. What, yeah. I was, what I will say is Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Visually speaking, those might be like the best superhero movies ever from a cinematography standpoint. Like those, they have the like a very design. distinct like look. I do. Yeah. I do remember like when I was a kid watching them. I do remember like my eyeballs felt like I was just like taking in all this like energy. But then, yeah, you rewatch it as an adult and you're like, wow, this is really bad. Yeah. It's, it's more video art than a film. Uh, yeah. it, it's it, but no, like they love, uh, they love the party gels back in the mid late nineties. They love those party gels, the, the, the Hell bright yeah. neon, like right. scratch light. They love that shit. But, um, I, okay. I miss so it. I miss that. I do too. Uh, fuck. What was I going to say? Oh yeah. So lull in the nineties. Anime comes in. So anime for me, like, that's what's fucking cool. If you liked, I remember, like, if if you liked fucking Batman or some shit, but you didn't know about Goku, you were a fucking nerd, like, back in, like, 2002, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, and so it was, um, so anime was really cool. But then as I got, you know, 13, 14, around there, I, I started being, like, it, it was the, the the medium had entirely lost me. I was still watching the shit I liked as a kid and I'll still watch the shit that I liked as a kid, like like Yu Yu Hakusho or something like that. Mm-hmm. I still liked that stuff. Um, But what I realized was that and this is sort of just like thinking about it retrospectively, anime would never cover like anything that I was going through, like a, as a kid or, or as a teenager going into adulthood. It didn't fucking talk about anything, dude. Like no, nobody, nobody's like struggling to pay their rent in anime. Like nobody's like selling oh, crack in anime. True. Well, that Cowboy Bebop is all about having no money for rent. I, 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 Cowboy Bebop, it was so like phantasmical though. Like it didn't feel like fucking. Okay, it, so yeah, okay, they yeah, it's very fantastical. But I, I, I do feel like there's like realistic themes of those things. But yeah, they're wrapped up in like we live in a world of uh, magic ninjas, and you know people can fly. What I'm saying is like there's there's always been too much fantasy in anime and I've wondered what do we do if we take, you know, I'm not saying I'm on this level, but what do we do if we take Breaking Bad level screenwriting, Euphoria level screenwriting? What do we do if we take that screenwriting and we put it with the the, the highest, you know, effort visual medium uh, yeah. for years? And of course, there's detractors for anime that say, oh, uh, oh, that's stupid. That's easy. They have electrical socket faces and it's not really not exactly true there's like five stages of key correction like i tell western animators what goes into the anime pipeline and they're like why the fuck do they correct it that much but but that's why the the, the drawings look so fucking good like that's why it, it became iconic so quickly uh, over here 
Um, I mean, it's, I it's mean, funny too because even like a lot of anime has like a smaller budget than most Western cartoons. Uh, I guess that's true. It, it's it it it's weird. Um, uh, I, remember, I just remember seeing like some infographic where like somebody was like. Phineas and Fer- a single episode of Phineas and Ferb costs more money than whatever anime you like to make. If if anime was made in America, anime would be exorbitantly more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because so in with anime they they charge per cut, and so that per cut could be like thirty dollars a cut. Animation in America charges per second. So and their per second rate is forty dollars per second. So think okay. about that. Yeah, so, oh yeah, yeah. But if if the it, basically if you took the anime pipeline but you gave it American charging standards, anime would be so fucking absorbent, absorbently uh, expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just you know they but the studios go out to like any kid who wants to you know you put animator and Japanese on your profile, animation directors from Japan will randomly DM you and ask you if you want to do cuts of you know uh, layout or or uh, yeah usually just layout. I should try that. I need a job really bad. I could uh, learn. You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta be at least decent at drawing, and then yeah, you, you I might learn. get something. I could yeah. learn. Uh, but fuck, where were we? Okay, yeah. So, so the thing with anime, the uh, my issue with anime is that like it, it's it's never. I feel like the closest it got was maybe like uh, Miyazaki's like Whisper of the Heart. I was actually gonna bring up like Miyazaki and stuff like that because like in in terms of yeah like writing and depth and stuff like that because I think I for the most part agree with you like I like certain ones but it's like I'm very picky because a lot of things just like don't fucking click with me you know and it it is like there is like a certain level of like depth and fantasticality and all those different things where it's just like I it just like it takes a lot for me to like vibe with a certain wavelength of it but then like when i do vibe it's like yeah like cowboy bebop i feel like is like one of my favorite tv shows and like a lot of miyazaki movies are like probably some of my favorite movies but yeah there's there's just something i don't know if it's just like a a cultural thing of just like you like you know you have different like uh cultural mediums of like expressing things and uh, not all of it like translates over properly and sometimes it needs to be contextualized in different ways that like maybe i'm just like not getting or something like that but miyazaki is the biggest shit talker of anime you know like he he's a guy or or there's the quote anime was a mistake that was taken out from a, a larger article but basically like Miyazaki's point was anime is like sort of like this incestuous art form where it's artists looking at what other artists are doing instead of artists trying to bring in. Yeah, that was that was exactly what I thought of earlier when you mentioned like people who were not looking at life itself and just the the mediums they like and want to work in. And so it's and so that's what that's what's frustrating for me, because, again, as I got older, you know, like, uh, bro, I've seen crazy shit. I, I can't get into all of it here, but like. Uh, it's just, I was seeing shit that anime was not fucking talking about or covering. I'll put it that way. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. because there's a lot of laws in Japan that don't let you show, uh, you know, certain political things. They don't let you show, uh, you can't show drugs, um, or drug use, uh, in Japan in media. So it was just like a lot of shit. Uh, it, of course, class of 09 drug use is, is a part of the theme in it. Um, mm-hmm. and so yeah. like, but yeah, like I got to a point in my life where it like what I was seeing was so disconnected from this. And it's like, dude, I got real fucking problems. I don't care what fucking Goku is doing. Like it's I don't like I don't give a shit. They'll be like, 
Like, oh, it was this amazing scene where uh, Monkey D. Luffy, uh, you know, gets to the Grand Line. I'm like, I don't fucking care, dude. Like, I got to make money here. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, and and, and so it's like, um, so I got like, but but the it's like looking at the frustration is looking at the potential where you, okay, visuals are on lock. Visuals are perfect. It's 10 out of 10 visuals. But every screenplay that goes into an anime is is just not on our standards uh, over here in the West. Um, I think like a part of that is that so many anime are like directly adapted from manga and people complain in anime where like, well, they have to over explain everything. And I feel like a part of that is because when you're reading on the page, sometimes it is kind of hard to know what's always going on unless the character says it. But then when you translate that to a visual medium and they're still saying it, I think to some people it might like bounce off of them as like annoying or like, you know, redundant. Yeah, no, I, 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 well, no, so absolutely, that was actually an example is like, even, even the greatest anime director of all time, Miyazaki and his, uh, Kiki's delivery service, there's a part where she's losing her powers and she's, she can't fly on the broom anymore and she falls and I'm like, oh, okay, well, well, I understand what's going on. And then she'll say, I'm losing my powers. I'm like, yeah. bitch, you did not have to fucking say that. You just ruined that whole scene. So it's, you know, but I mean, like, yeah, yeah, there's definitely like a a whole argument to be said about like, show me, don't tell me with anime, which I, which is totally valid. I I guess like, yeah, for me personally, I, I love things that can talk about like real issues that are happening, but I also can appreciate a fantastical, like super like pulpy over the top story. That's like, oh, it coasts on having a lot of heart, you know? Yeah, I I can't stand that shit. Uh, and that like, is fair. That like, is fair. Lord of the Rings, like I can't get. Oh my god, dude! Somebody tried making me watch uh, Lord of the Rings, and uh, I, I was like, so I watched the first one. I was like, oh, it's okay. I was mm-hmm. like, oh fuck, we have to watch the next one. So it's 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 uh fucking Lord of the Rings, the Twin Towers, and fucking um. Yep. What is it? Uh, you say that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. It's not. It's not. No, the twin it's, towers, the, it's the two towers. It's the twin oh, towers. Fuck. It came out okay. like two thousand two. Fuck them. Oh uh, yeah. You know. Dude, yeah. All right. But, too fucking soon. So, yeah. so anyway. But yeah. So I'm halfway through this movie. I just get up. I don't pause it. I'm just like getting taquitos out of the microwave, and the person uh-huh. was like mad at me. They were like, they're like, oh, are you even watching it? I'm like, oh, I'm gonna look wrong. I'm watching fucking movies. <laughs> so that was. So you're just like, you're not a fan of like fantasy worlds, basically, because if it's character, I, yeah, magic or whatever, you're just like, I don't give a fuck. I gotta get groceries. I I, I don't. High fantasy is, is something that's very hard to do well. I think it can be done. I'm sure there's examples of when it has been done well, but I mm-hmm. think a part of the problem is that the the skills that you need in screenwriting kind of counteract all of the world building that goes into that high fantasy stuff where basically uh, in, in terms of modern screenwriting it feels like the concept of exposition direct exposition is so obsolete uh where it's like people just want to get to the fucking movie I, and you know uh so it, it, an example of a movie that wasn't necessarily the most well executed, but I, that I loved had no exposition was uh mystery men with Ben Stiller. Remember that? Yeah. I did not see it. Is that the one? You didn't. Oh man, we should fire bros. That one. That's a, uh, I don't know if it holds up well anymore, but I haven't a, seen it. Another movie time, with the but... look of Batman and Robin. It's another movie that has that look uh, on screen. It's got a too. young Janine Garofalo as a professional bowler that bowls with her dad's skull. Kel Mitchell. Okay. Kel Mitchell. Hey, hey. And so what I love about Eddie that film it, is like, it's all these people trying to be superheroes. They never once fucking explained why they're all like that and why, 
And so that's like, but it's like, dude, you just saved me 20 minutes of my life. Thanks. All right. Let's see what the fuck happens. Because like, like, dude, is that exposition or that explanation for why they're doing that really going to make this any better or worse of a movie? Fuck no. You know? And so that's my thing is with high fantasy, there is so much world building that works in a novel. But yeah. it kind of counteracts the rules for screenwriting. Where, yeah, that's what I was like yeah. thinking too. Like maybe it just comes down to like the original medium something is in. Because yeah, like a yeah, novel. I think sometimes, but I manga. think sometimes like sometimes things just like you'll you'll get a good director that understands the spirit of the thing and they go, Hey, this is a uh this is like a version of it, but it's not gonna be the same thing, sort of thing. But mm-hmm. um I don't know. An example that comes to mind for me is like William Gibson's Neuromancer, which is just like very just like, here's a bunch of terms and here's a bunch of phrases. And I did the world building ahead of time. And you just kind of have to read the words and follow along. And like, if you don't really catch up, like, I don't know, try to catch up better. And it's like, (laughs) I do like that thing where it's just like they throw you in and they're like, I'm just telling you the fucking story. And like the story itself is like really good. And like, you understand like, what's going on and why it's being told this way and stuff like that. But it, it doesn't like hold your hand sort of thing. And I, I love that type of stuff because it makes you like think about it more. And then because you're thinking about it more, you just kind of like obsess with it and you you obsess over it. And then like it, it makes you understand it better because it's like a puzzle for your brain sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but, I I think like your use of the um anime art style in Class of 09 I think works really well partially I think because of like some of the reasons you're saying is because a lot of anime doesn't show drug use it doesn't talk about certain you know maybe serious political issues or cultural issues of what people at that age are actually going through in real life and then you know seeing uh seeing two anime looking girls snorting beta blockers i'm like it just like does something to my brain like the juxtaposition of it where it's like it just works because it's like it surprises me in a way i wasn't expecting (laughs) thank you i I mean (laughs) no i mean it's part of the reason was uh, again like I, i respect the the visual art style and so i wanted to see if we could sort of pull it off in any way we could um but but i would say that um oh what is it like with with visual novels in particular, I released this probably like maybe five years late of the Western visual novel uh, uh, renaissance or not even a renaissance because it never existed in the first place. The wave, the gold rush. Sure. And so basically Doki Doki Literature Club, that was the game that started that. Uh, the issue was I'm about to get really super inside baseball with the visual novel market here. But basically... Uh, DDLC comes out, then a bunch of ironic Western visual novels come out. Uh, had a full boyfriend. Uh, I'm, you, that's for the birds, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're a pigeon. You're a pigeon yeah. XD, and the fucking uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, like like Dream Daddy and like the KFC one, and like there, there's a bunch of those. Yeah, no, I I know exactly exactly what you're talking about, and I I, have I remember no idea any of this shit. Vividly when this shit happened, there was like yeah, he he's saying like there was a period in time it was like probably let's what say 2015, 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with 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 all the anime stuff, if if one of you were to be swatted right now, it definitely looks like Kevin would be that guy with all the anime stuff. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I would just yeah. I would probably throw a curtain over everything just to be safe, <laughs> but. So actually, what, you know what? I think I do remember. It was the, I kind of remember the KFC one. It I was, think I that, mean, it's yeah. Kind of viral. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so 
basically what that did was at first people were like, yo, this shit's so funny. I'm not going to fucking sit down and like sit and read. Like, I'm not going to do that shit. And so basically at the time class of 09 was released and the re-up was released. Now the visual novel core fan base is in this, um, this, this, this very, um, gatekeeping, like, oh, I fucking hate Western VNs because all they do is make fun of the genre and all this shit. And my thing was like, I, I, I didn't, I'll be honest, like, I didn't give a shit about the visual novel genre. Like, I, it was the medium that I could afford to tell a story in, so I fucking did it. I didn't yeah. really care about, yeah. I, I didn't care about sticking it to other visual novels. Now, in the trailers and in the marketing, you have to do that because the market of people who don't play visual novels and are going to be like, fuck visual novels is a lot bigger than the people who do like visual novels. Mm-hmm. And so, so now it's, that marketing is now considered uh, very polarizing because the core visual novelers uh, don't like it. I, I, I'll maintain that this might be the only visual novel that's like really heavily based on like true stories and real events. Uh, and so, and again, I, I feel like anime could benefit from that as well of, of just telling true stories, real events, real things, real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that was my whole tangent with, uh, you know, combining the Western screenwriting with anime. And it's not so much a thing of xenophobia because Korea has taken our form of screenwriting and they've fucking taken it to like the, the, the 11th level. Yeah. Uh, between yeah. Squid Game, between Old Boy, between, uh, uh, Parasite. Parasite might be one of like the 20 greatest movies ever made. You know, it's so it's, I think it's, it's great. Yeah. It's not that America is like so, so great. It's that Japan, I don't know what the fuck it is. The, there's, I don't know. It's like, there's no sense of individuality in Japan. That's like a big thing of the culture. And so the, the weirdo who just sits there and like, you know, just like write some really shocking shit. That's not really, that doesn't fly over there and get, you know, beloved over there like it does in America where everybody wants to be a rock star, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like that might be changing slightly because I feel like I've seen different series like have a certain sort of like disdain for that kind of thing. Like, I don't know if you've heard of Chainsaw Man, but there is like, I, I feel like it is sort of like a, a response to that kind of culture of like, there's like, you know, there's all these series about this like plucky protagonist and everything's going to go okay because he believes in himself and everything's in like Chainsaw Man. It feels like it's like everything sucks. The world's kind of fucked up right now. And I don't know, they just kind of roll with that and like they do their own thing. But I, I think that they, I've seen a few things like that as well. More in recent times that are sort of like an answer or like a counterculture measure to like what is popular. I think that's typical of like any sort of like artistic movement, though, is to be reactionary to like, you know, some level of like what preceded it sort of thing. And even like what Mm -hmm. you're talking about, um, Max, it's one of those things where like I I don't get why people are so like, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, bitchy about like, oh, they're they're shitting on the genre. And it's just like. I don't know. Maybe your genre wasn't that interesting, but maybe there was something there that was interesting that you like because you're so like masturbatory about like your purism with it that like you don't realize how to use it. And like the thing that you like about it, you're not really doing it that good. And then someone comes along and they're like, Hey, I have a great idea. And, uh, this is the way that I'm going to, you know, pull it off. And like how many like pivotal like books and movies and TV shows have come from doing that 
where you just go like, I got this story to tell and this is the this is the best way that I can do it. And so you utilize these things and these purists come along and they say, oh, this isn't the right way to do it. And it's just like, OK, well, you know, 80 years from now, no one's going to remember that like Citizen Kane was like, you know, criticized for whatever. People just go, yeah, that's fucking Citizen Kane, yeah. you know, like. And that there's that level to it where it's like, I don't know, maybe some people are going to play your game and then get really fucking into like, you know, visual novel and like maybe they're going to make their own and like maybe it'll have like its own sort of like boost, you know, as a result of it. Because it's just like at the end of the day, art is art, human expression is human expression. And Mm -hmm. if people vibe with it, cool. And if they don't like, I don't know, you can't force someone into a fucking, you know square peg or I, however that's say it I, I can almost guarantee that when citizen kane first dropped people were like why does every fucking shot look like a photograph i just want to watch a movie and back then every movie was shot like a sitcom <laughs> you know so it, yeah it, it, it's like yeah i i would say that with class of 09 the the one sort of main change that we did was was the 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 dialogue playing in real time and everything being 100 percent voice the real time playback, I, I'm not sure if I've seen other games do that. Other visual novel fans have told me they've never really played a game like that. Um, and, and so, yeah, it was just like, how do we take that, that Western drama? How do we take that style of storytelling, that more screen storytelling and still put it into a game with branching paths and selections and, and this and that? Um, and so, yeah, if we didn't have, you know, nobody would say, Oh, the acting was so good unless those paths were playing out and you could see how the drama was meant to be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, it sounds, um, you know, I, I can't speak for everyone, um, but I, I was uh, watching some YouTube videos of some people playing it. I played a little of it. I watched some YouTube videos of people playing. I also watched the YouTube video of just, like, all the endings, because it's like, I'm not going to do all the endings, but... uh <laughs> you know, I, I, I was reading a lot of comments like of people like one one commenter on YouTube had said something along the lines of like, yeah, the storyline with Ari was so heartbreaking that I had to just like put it down for like a day and like come back to it sort of thing. Like, and I know that it's like a dark comedy or whatever, but do you think that there's like a level of like profundity that like people are like getting something like out of it, you know, especially like tackling topics of like you know lgbt stuff like i i know you tweeted something about like oh i didn't like put this i didn't market this aspect of the game because i'm just that talented i don't need to like fucking brag about it i don't need to put it out there but i did include this and like especially in 2009 it was like gay marriage wasn't nationwide legal yet and stuff like that and it's like yeah you, you you do have like a level of like yeah it's more socially acceptable but people are still shitty about it sort of thing yeah like, I, I really that's that was one of the branching story paths that I did play through and yeah it was it was fairly profound and that was kind of what I was thinking about when I said that Nicole does have her moments like I don't think yeah obviously she doesn't handle the situation perfectly but um not to not to give too much away but I, I think that um yeah, it speaks a lot to that specific point in time where they're like, like, you're gay? Who cares? Obama's president, you know? It, it was, I mean, look, so, oh, which, which, which thing do I answer first? Uh, I don't know. Say, I just kind of rambled, so you so, can take from that what you will. Yeah, I took the I'll ball rap- and ran with it somewhere. I'll, yeah. I'll rapid fire, I'll rapid fire a couple of these. So the thing, the tweet about uh, not saying it's LGBT, so that's, 
the reason why I did that is because we're in, there's definitely an era of visual novels or yeah, basically light novels where people will make their indie game and they'll say, Oh, it's an LGBT friendly. And like, yeah. bro, like make a good, you're just doing that shit for clout, bro. Like you're not like, like you want the retweets and the likes and you want everybody to lie. I'm like, bro, make a good game. And if the game right. is good, people will find out that you support, you know, whether it's asexuality or or being gay or fucking, I don't fucking know, you know, or being that trans. That's, um, that's like an interesting thing about that game, Celeste, is that uh, the person that created it was trans, but didn't realize they were trans until after they finished making the game. And then it was like, oh, yeah, this is sort of like sort, sort of a story about like transition. And I didn't sort of realize that until later. That's I think yeah. I could be completely wrong. No, I, I've, I've heard sure that. I've heard that, too. And then obviously okay, yeah. The Matrix yeah. is a similar story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. So, so yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of that. And my thing was, um, I, like, I, I, like, I, I don't want to, well, that's the real scummy thing. If, if you're straight and then you make a game where you're like LGBT friendly, you're just like, you're fucking, you're exploiting it, you know, like, and so yeah. my thing is like, it, to me, it looks shitty where, where you use the pride flag to sell a shitty product. Uh, and so it's like, my thing was like, look, if people, if somebody gay gets something out of it, cool. If, if somebody not gay likes it, then, then that's fine too. Like, I, I think that a part of it is if anything that normalizes LGBT more, if you just put it in and it's not like this huge fucking deal, um, you know, like I, again, I didn't market it at nowhere in the marketing will you see, oh, LGBT themes. We really talk about the world and how you can exist in it, but the other thing, uh, it's to, very to go- like down talky, you know, it's just like, yeah, you're, you know, and it's like, yeah, I, there's like obvious struggles and shit like that. And a lot of them are rearing their ugly head again, but it is like, yeah, like you can address things without like talking down to people, you know? And, and so, no, I mean, that, that's true. Um, that's very true, <laughs> but, but I, I would say, uh, to, to go off of what Kevin was saying about the scene itself and Obama's president. <laughs> this is far more, this is far more, uh, regional than cultural, I'd say. Uh, you guys, you guys grew up in Illinois? Yeah. Yeah. Like Chicagoland area suburbs. So it wasn't as like progressive as like living in the city, I feel like, you know. So, so which... that's the thing is like, so I grew up in, in, uh, Northern Virginia around DC. And like, dude, back then you wouldn't know it by going today because like, uh, you know, post Trump, like a, a lot of the conservative stuff like came back into fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but I remember back when I was in high school, being gay was not this like, oh, he's fucking gay. Get him. Like that was not the energy like at all when no, I was in high yeah, school. Same. And, and it's like, it, it's like, I, let's talk about that because so people mainstream media is really afraid to just mention like oh hey you know you know hey man like okay being gay was horrible in like fucking 91 oh absolutely but by the time you got to the late 2000s like being gay was far more accepted in more you know like or or there was um there was a poll i put out uh, where it was uh who was more likely to get called a homophobic slur the extremely Christian kid or the openly gay kid? Everybody <laughs> voted the extremely Christian. It was, or now whatever. It was like seventy percent extremely. Well, Christian to be fair, kid. that's also the funny answer, and people love to vote for the funny <laughs> answer. Uh, uh, well, no, I was asking. I was asking. Uh, I was on a uh, where did we premiere? A uh, fucking um, Serb shit. Kimono friend zone. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I was on with Serb and uh and Hessa, and both of them were like, oh yeah, definitely the Christian kid. 
would I, I think that there was like the sentiment back then of like you would never say like a slur to a person that that would affect but like if back in 2009 it's like yeah everyone was using slurs all the time to yeah. basically just like just define like anything sort of thing you know like um and i think that there is like a level of like just internalized homophobia and shit like that that people really like didn't really deal with but it's like yeah you wouldn't really you wouldn't call like the gay kid that because that's like oh you don't like that's too too far you know like yeah no yeah absolutely because homophobic stars were thrown around to like everybody but well, I wouldn't say butt gay people, but like I mean, I'm sure of, that there definitely was a lot of that, but it just it felt like less in vogue to like, oh, if you knew someone was like that, you would be a little more careful about it. But yeah, it's that a doesn't weird dichotomy. mean that people wouldn't. Yeah, it, it looks it looks too extreme about it that way because yeah, like you wouldn't like like you wouldn't say the f slur to like somebody who was gay at that time. But like, what was the fucking was it the Hangover that I think it came out in like 2009 where like paging doctor. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Can't say it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Wise guy. No, but no. So, That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm like projecting, like, you know, part of it could be projecting, like, how I felt about gay people. Like, I didn't fucking give a shit. Like, I, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh man, oh, oh, they're gay. Oh, well, we, we better assess this situation. It was like there were there were at least like two that I remember at this point, it's been a while, but there were at least two openly gay kids at the school. I, I you know, I didn't feel any contempt, like, and, and you know, fucking, like, I didn't see anyone around feel any contempt. Did they get bullied? Sure, but, like, fucking everybody got bullied in high school, like, over some shit, you know, mm -hmm. and so I didn't, like, I, I would have seen it on the news. I would have seen something if I'm going to the school. I would have seen some kind of hate crime if it was like really going on like that, that's not to say that it never happens, but uh, I, 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 I thought it, it, it was, yeah, it's just like a weird cultural point in time. Like there was definitely shit that happened, but it, it was like a weird contradictory, you know, sort of thing. And I do think that like the, the general, like where it all stems from is like probably certain, like a certain level of homophobia. Like there is a reason why you would look at like a, a shirt and call it, you know, a, a slur sort of thing. And it's like, oh, because it's perceived as being sort of feminine and whatever. Um, but like there, there was like a little bit, yeah, like more sensitivity than there was like in the eighties and the nineties and stuff like that. But it was obviously something that was still like grappled with that. Like it, it, I, I think for a lot of people, honestly, um, there was that one commercial that, um, Wanda Sykes was in where someone was like, Oh, that shirt's gay. And Wanda Sykes is like, you wouldn't call, what's your name? Frank. I wouldn't say, uh, your shirt is Frank. That'd be, you know, insulting. Right. And then I think everyone was like, Oh, we should stop just calling everything gay all the time. Like, I think that's Rocky like when Colts. I stopped doing that, you know? I, the I, I don't know. See, that's the thing. Commercials like that, uh, uh, that just made people want to say gay way more. <laughs> like, I think that, there, I think that there was spite. some backlash, but I think that that was like a pivotal moment where people just went, oh, yeah, that's I don't want to do that anymore. What year was that commercial? It was like pretty recent. <laughs> it was like more recent than I'm probably comfortable with, like probably like 2014 or something. 2014. OK, yeah. Um. No, it, it, it's because I feel like that that was around the time when people like stopped calling everything gay all the time, you know. Uh, 
did that happen earlier for me? I, I, I'm trying to think. When when did when did that come out of Vogue? That's tricky. Well, that's for the class of fifteen uh, sequel uh, now newly announced. <laughs> uh, we'll 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 explore that one for a minute. But yeah, I, I guess to get back to the thing is, uh, I, I guess the 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 two stems were. Uh, where you either, uh, go, go with the gay character or reject the gay character and those two stems, it showed that, like, uh, you know, the problems, like, okay, there's still problems and they're less common, but I, I, it's still a problem when they happen. Uh, but, but, you know, it's sort of to just like look at both angles where, okay, it's, yeah, like if it's, if it's bad, it's, it's going to be really bad because it's a hate crime. But at the same time, these hate crimes are far less frequent than what they were 10, 15 years ago. Right. Um, relative to 2008. Uh, sure. so, so I think, um, but yeah, but, but, the, and I think it's important to do that to, because it, it also, look, we have like what 45% of the country that voted for Donald Trump. Like, I, I think it's important to, to, do sort of a, an LGBT stance that tries to be realistic about what's actually going on in the world. Cause, cause like it, it, you know, you can't, I get the, the shit we have now with the Steven universe and like, it kind of shoves it down your throat a little bit mm-hmm. that, um, that's creating more conservatives solely out of spite. And it's, um, you know, whether people want to admit to it or not, like it kind of is. And so like, what if you, like Grant said, what if you put in that message, but you don't down talk and like, like treat people like they're right. fucking idiots and like, sure, not, sure. cause again, it, let's just say like, again, there's easily a point in my life where, okay, I grow up, I'm 14, 15, whatever. And, and I don't like, again, I talk, I, I don't have a problem with anybody gay. I don't, uh, you know, I don't see it really rampantly being a problem at my school. Uh, there's, there's gay, gay straight alliance clubs at my school. It's mm. not a problem. People aren't like, huh, fuck that. And, but then if I go on TV and someone's telling me, oh, this is the worst. Th- this is awful right now. The current state of this is very, very bad. Instead of explaining that it's nuanced, then that's going to create some spite out of like a teenage boy who's going to then proceed to watch a bunch of Ben Shapiro and I <sighs> I yeah, mean, it's... you're, you're definitely, I think, nail on the head. Um, and, Dude, conservatives fucking love the shit out of Steven Universe. I don't know a single person <laughs> that watches that show, but every person that I know watches that show is like the quartering or Ben Shib- like one of those types of people where it's just like, I didn't know people, I didn't know this show existed until people are like, fuck this show. And That's it's true. Like, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I didn't know that it exi- It was off the air before I knew that it existed. Same thing with the fucking uh, Bud, the Bud Light uh, transgender can. Fucking, yeah. I didn't know that happened until conservatives complained. Until Kid Rock made a video about it, <laughs> like fucking. And they it's, love it, that. It's like a, it's like a fucking, um, like a humiliation fetish. I swear to God, it always goes back to some kind of humiliation fetish of just like, yeah, call me stupid. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I, Max, do you feel like, um. Do you did you have any feedback of like people saying that the humor or the writing went too far? Like it was like something like I know we we talked a little bit about people who resonated with some of the themes of the game, but was there anybody who said like this is too maybe like too mean or anything like that? Too mean? Uh fucking all the time. Yeah, I mean you you can look at the Steam reviews for the first game. I'm sure you'll find somebody who says, "Oh, I hate this character. She's too mean. She's lifeless." Blah blah blah. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm sure you'll see that. 
Um, but I don't know. I feel like we're missing meanness in media. It feels like no, nothing's mean anymore. Everything's trying to be too fucking nice and like pleasing everybody. I, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, like in a way, like I'm, I may say like, yeah, Nicole is a bad person, but in a way it's like refreshing, especially to like write a female character to be so sociopathic. I feel like you don't see that often enough. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's really funny when it happens too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. You no, know, I mean, there was like several several lines like that of hers that did like make me laugh out loud. Yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, I think uh, I think an analog to like maybe like uh, what you're sort of talking about, Kevin, is like uh, the new Snow White movie that's coming out. I don't know if anyone's seen any press for it, but like. All of the people that are in it um, are just like, yeah, Snow White's not like she's not just like a damsel in distress anymore. She's a girl boss and she she doesn't find true love. And it's just like I'm seeing like all these like videos of like feminist critique of it where like women are like saying like. That's okay if someone do, like why is that yeah, why, why is are that we the still standard doing that? and like the idea of like, yeah, like women can be like bad like that's also part of like you know like any sort of like way of addressing media is like you women can't like you you can be like a a three-dimensional person that like is sometimes like having like mean girls in and of itself i think is a testament to that like that's a, a lot of people love that movie it's still quotable to this day it still feels like there's so much to it that's like relevant and people love the shit out of it because it like represents something in society that like if you just sort of pretend that like women are, you know, girl bosses or whatever, and you turn them into like one dimensional objects that you don't really get that, you know, it's like, why can't you have like a villain arc or like a, a, a well-written, like mean, you know, woman character or something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, I would say that, um, what, so a roundabout way of answering that is, uh, think about corporate America. People don't get hired because they're talented. They get hired because they know someone. Yeah. And yes. so and that's Absolutely. pretty much like most jobs. And so you got to think you're just hired because you know someone. If you're the marketing or you're, you know, if you're the marketing person who got hired, you're the marketeer, you know, you're going to be like, oh, what's an angle? What's an angle we have for marketing? What's an angle? And they're going to like use that over and over again without realizing that people are sick of it because you get, there are a whole lot of marketing people who are entirely detached from the fucking world. I would say most marketing people are detached from the world. Um, yeah. the ones that are really good, uh, they're not, but again, they're not hired based on their talent or their ability. They're based on knowing somebody. And so, uh, I think just nepotism in general is, is the reason why we have so many of these problems in the media now. But like you, you didn't like, um, there wasn't like any immense pushback though on the game for like the writing or themes. Oh, I thought there would be. I thought the fucking game, uh, truthfully, I thought the game would be like 75% on Steam. I thought it was going to be like, uh, like mostly positive, which is like kind of like, or positive, or like, yeah, like 75%, I think it's just regular positive, not very positive. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so it was, um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was going to do bad, but I like that because when I was doing YouTube all the time, uh, a 75% like ratio meant that the video was going to take off because so many people would go back to the comments and argue over what the video meant, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so that was usually a good thing. But with the game, the game did like, yeah, like 88 to 91%. It was just hovering around there for a while. And so uh, I, I guess it was it was better and um, uh, more breath of a fresh air than what I thought. 
but yeah, I mean, the, 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 you get a couple visual novel people. The, the most vitriolic pushback is, is not the content in the game. The most vitriolic pushback is the visual novel purists that we were talking about earlier. And they will go in with full confirmation by this is going to be an ironic video game. Uh, and, and they go in with that and they're like, this didn't follow visual novels. This is a bad video game because it's ironic. And so it's just that's, that's such like, a weird you know, way to interact with the world. Yeah. Uh, well, they're on the Internet. What do you expect? So <laughs> they're uh, a face on the Internet is a picture. weird way to interact with the world. I will say, but that's true. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, but yeah, I would say that was the most vitriolic pushback. The most common pushback would be, oh, I don't like her. She's too mean. I guess that'd be a more common pushback. Another mm-hmm. pushback we got was the characters' mouths don't move. Who's talking? It's a oh. fucking visual novel. Are you not familiar with this? Anyway, like, like, yeah, like, dude, if we had the money to make the mouths move, I wouldn't have made a fucking visual novel. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But no, I- I'm glad to hear that because I-, I-, I wonder if people nowadays are like, maybe they're over the like the they're kind of tired of the overly like saccharine or whatever like sugary sweetness of a lot of media where everything like you said has to be like about being good or whatever then again ted lasso is super popular so who knows i liked um i liked fucking uh the founder you see the mcdonald's movie yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i hope i didn't say that in the last interview i look like the fattest fucking human being on earth but <laughs> The uh, basically, you know what? I think you might have actually. Okay, well, well, the good thing about the founder is that it was like, hey, if you try to stick to your morals, bad things will fucking happen to you, and just take the check and run. Uh, that was the moral of that movie. But uh, great movie. It it, it uh yeah it happens. I, I'm a big fan of McDonald's. I'm really into McDonald's. A big McDonald's connoisseur. McDonald's um, top ten. You know, top ten what? Yeah, top ten. Um, I mean, I, I do feel like for, for the amount of people that do argue some level of just like, you know, I think I think we're seeing it a lot with Oppenheimer, which, um, you know, if you don't know this, uh, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash thought cops and listen to us review Oppenheimer. But there there are a lot of people that like, you know, just lack this level of like critical analysis that just go. Yeah, uh, uh, Oppenheimer, ba- bomb bad, bomb bad Oppenheimer, but the movie bad. And then there's people that like, you know, engage with the criticism a little bit more. And I do think that there is like for for the amount of people that just Oppenheimer bad, bomb bad. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sounding like uh, fucking Jar Jar Banks over here. Uh, <laughs> but for the amount of people that say that, I do think that there is like more and more of a reaction of people that just want to engage with things and consume things. And take them for what they are, and like so long as like the omniscient view is like isn't like one of just like complete moral repulsiveness that people do want to like. There's a reason why Breaking Bad is popular. There's a reason why The Sopranos is popular. Like, you know, there there's every once in a while there's a stupid person that goes, um, Tony Tony Soprano, a little bit racist, a little bit problematic, and then there's people that go like. This is one of the best shows of all time. Like, what the fuck are you talking about sort of thing? And so, I, yeah, I would expect, like, not everyone would, like, you know, play this game and be like, mm, problem, you know, like, I, I, I think, think people are seeking out, like, things like Kevin was saying, like, something where, like, yeah, we don't really see very many mean characters anymore. Like, people want that. Everything's too safe now. Like, I, just movie ideas. Uh, 
uh, you, you have Michael Myers. Like you take the Halloween thing, but it's it's not a uh, it, it's not a horror movie, but it's from Michael Myers' perspective, and we follow him, and we're rooting for him to kill more people. That'd be a fucking awesome movie. Like or just just fucking any like anything that is not that executives would say no to. Those are the good movies that we're still waiting on. And, but executives say no to everything because they they need to say what's tried and true. But uh, the, you know the theater market is a uh, fucking collapsing right now. Shit. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean I, it's it's rough. I mean in general, it's like like I'm I'm very interested in this discussion of like how people consume things or how like what's like like Grant was saying like oh people oh they think this is bad because character is bad. But like truthfully, yeah. like I'm just like so fucking like burnt out on even thinking about it because I'm just at a point in my life where I'm like. I am just going to, you know, take this at face value for what it is. And then I don't want to think about like, what would everybody else think? Like that being said, when I was playing class of 09, there was like a little part of me where I'm like, I, I wonder if people do think this is too mean. I don't think it is. If people are getting the same thing out of it that you're getting out of it. I think that's a a, a natural human response. I think I've just been using less of like my brain processing power to worry about that or even think about it much that's anymore. called being a healthy person that's yeah and that's good. it's taken a while to get there <laughs> uh but i i think that yeah i i think there's an easy like it's easy to see something and be like oh i wonder if people are mad about this or even like we talk a lot on the show grand about like if there's something that's like a super quote-unquote woke piece of media like you mentioned like what was the term you used like the, the conservative specter that's like gonna have a reaction piece to it later on i'm just like yeah that's me like fucking sitting watching any movie is i'm just like oh they're gonna be mad about that scene like someone's gonna say something it's so fucking tiring and like it's just like it's not even like funny to talk about anymore yeah i'm just like so burnt out on it that's why we got rid of the format is we don't want to talk about the the (sighs) yeah yeah uh, they were mad at the six second kiss scene in the buzz lightyear movie it's like no one's gonna see the buzz lightyear movie yeah, I'm not seeing that shit. Fuck that. No. <laughs> a, you know, kissing scene or no kissing scene. The only way I'd see it is if like they had, I don't know, just, just, just fuck, dude. I don't. Know, maybe I'm just fucked up. Like I just want a movie, more movies about fast food restaurants. You remember Josie and the Pussycats? Remember that movie in 2001? I haven't seen it, but it's on my list of movies to watch. Okay, so Josie and the Pussycats is like one of the. That's like the pinnacle, like early 2000s film, and it's just, it's just product placement and they like the whole movie is like intentional product placement again and again and again and it's just i don't know like the art design of it it's like it's like this andy warhol kind of fucking movie where where the brands are the art it's so then the brands are the joke and the brands are the set design and the brands are everything and and it was about how you know the corporations are trying to mind control people through the brands and uh uh, sorry i spoiled it but uh oh not really not really not really not really um whatever but yeah, no, I mean, it's, look, it's, it's a great, it's a great movie regardless. Uh, but yeah, that was a movie. Um, I think that's a fuck. W- w- wait, why did I bring that movie up? What did somebody say? Shit. I don't remember. I don't okay, remember yeah. any of what we talked about. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I was, or I was just saying, like, in terms of what I want to see, I, I guess that's why I, I work on the creative end because, like, everything that I want to see, I, I could wait 20 years. They're not going to fucking make it. Yeah. I could want I could want a movie where like you know the whole time they're like they just go to Popeye's Chicken 
and, and they just like talk to the one homeless guy and like who is like and he gets kicked out routinely and and it's just this whole fall like yeah like I I'm gonna have to make that because no one else will you know and so and so that's why I get bored with watching shit because it's like fuck I mean I, I've kind of seen this like a million places and there's yeah. a million things that would be re- way cooler that would happen in this movie to me but I know they're not gonna do that. And so, uh, I guess that's sort of class of 09. It's like all the shit that would be really cool if it happened in an anime, but you know, it's not because of, of the, the, the culture in terms of, uh, the creative culture, not the, the, the local culture, but the creative culture making it is like, they're not going to go there ever. So somebody yeah. has to step up and do it. And again, it's a very interesting and unique, like, framing device for that kind of thing. Uh, but before we sign off here, Max, can you let everybody know where they can find class of 09? Oh, class of 09. Uh, you can find that on, uh, well, class of 09, the reup, you could find on, uh, Steam. Just Steam. Just Steam. Get it on Steam today. PC and Mac. Uh, a lot of Linux people. Uh, apparently it works on Steam Deck. That's what a couple people said. So Steam Deck, PC and Mac. That's, uh, there you go. can kick back and play the game. Yeah. Get all the endings. You, you guys don't do the, the who you're arresting thing? We're, we're, uh, no. Uh, we, we, so we change things up a little. We're doing, yeah, a little this is more, season just, two. Yeah. Season two. Okay. Well, I, I want to say the people I want to arrest are, uh, people who think Raiders of the Lost Ark is a perfect movie. Uh, fuck those people. Um, th- that's all I wanted to say. Arrest them. Pull out the gun. Yeah. I, yeah. That's fine. I, oh, the yeah. There's a lot, of, away. a lot of discourse. Yeah. I got one right here. Yeah. There's oh, a lot of discourse. Shoot a em. lot of discourse. Or I, like, like you, Max, like we, or we mentioned before the recording, you watched the first three movies of Indiana Jones for the first time recently. I want to like rewatch them again because I haven't seen them since like high school. Um, but yeah, that is one of those movies that is held in such a super high regard. And it's like, you know, I think it's like kind of like the same as Ghostbusters, where it's like people, it's just nostalgia goggles I, for yo, a lot of people. Fuck Ghostbusters. Fuck that movie, bro. I'm it's, so I, tired I, of I, Ghostbusters. I, I don't hate it, but I do think it's like pretty overrated. Yeah. No, I, I agree. There's like a certain sentiment of like mute movie purists that are like very just like, oh, the greatest film of all time. And you're like, yeah, it's fine. I don't. Yeah, I I enjoy it, I guess, but I I won't watch it probably ever again. I don't care. <laughs> it's uh, it's a time and a place thing. I mean, the thing with any, I say this about Saving Private Ryan. The first ten minutes were the only good part of the movie. Raiders of the Lost Ark was kind of the reverse of that, where uh, the last ten minutes are probably some of the greatest cinema in the history of movie making, where they right. open the Ark of the Covenant. And yeah. all that shit is that that's one of the from from the art design to the special effects to the 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 scene to, to the pacing, the sound. That was like one of the greatest fucking scenes in movie history. And back in the 80s, nobody has YouTube back in the 80s. If you wanted to see that, you had to buy another movie ticket or you had to buy the VHS tape. And yeah. so it, it was just back then movies could just have one good 10 minute part. And then there you go. You know, um, right. That's why the Water Boy made a lot of money with Adam Sandler. Because uh, uh, did you guys know that the um, it was the first film that had a trailer for the Phantom Menace. Oh no shit! Oh, actually, I did. I recently was uh, reading about that because I remember like when the Phantom Menace came out and everyone was like super excited about it. But yeah, I think people were buying what tickets for Water Boy to like catch the trailer and then they would just leave. Yes. Yep. <laughs> And that was that, that was Adam Sandler's rules. that was Sandler's first uh, nine figure uh, movie, I believe. That's uh, insane. Now, Max, where can people find you on the internet? 
Uh, I'm on Twitter at SoBro No Three or just SBN Three. You type in SBN Three on Twitter, it'll eventually come up. And then um, uh, what's it called on TikTok? It's the SBN Three, and on YouTube it's SBN Three, and uh, Instagram it's the SBN Three. Anytime SBN Three is taken, it becomes the SBN Three. I don't think I'm that important, but I, there that was the fucking word I, I had to put. So. Yeah, uh, that's why we're real thought cops on Twitter. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but thought cops everywhere else. Um, yeah. we don't have any voicemails, but we did get an email uh, oh, that I would like to read. Let's give um, it a read. I I won't say who it is. It I'll only read what's in the body. So if all of y'all send an email to thoughtcopspodcast at gmail dot com, or if you you know um send us a voicemail three one two seven. Eight eight seventy three sixty one. Um, if you say your name, we will read your name. I don't want to just like say the name because it's the email address. But uh, this person, who's the person that's been leaving the thought, uh, the the Family Guy voices, said, uh, "Hi, thought cops. This is not a voicemail. I just wanted to point out that Kevin was right about the uh, what? It's not a voicemail." Um, no, I thought it was. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'm yeah. just reading it. No, I know. No, I'm I. Gonna, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm going to start over. Uh, Hi, Thought Cops. This is not a voicemail. I just wanted to point out that Kevin is right about the Peter AI voice. Long story short, the website I used to get the voices, the guy took all the voices out because he got a DMCA notice. Uh, So I struggled to find a Peter AI uh, that I don't have to pay for. That's why they're short. It sounds like he's out of breath. That's uh, also why it's only Peter and no other characters. But when I get a funny idea, I'll do it with the cutaways and all. But in the meantime, Peter is going to sound out of breath for a while. <laughs> so uh, thank I hope you. it gets better. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, for that. Ho- hope he uh, hope he gets peace. over his long COVID. Yeah, rest in peace, Peter Griffel. Well, again, three one two seven eight eight seventy three sixty one, or you can send an audio file or an email to thoughtcopspodcast at gmail dot com. Max, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh no! Uh, oh, thank you for having me. Thought Cops, the, uh, the the model of consistency in the podcast realm. Uh, Thought Cops oh, always, always coming with it. My show, Sober Radio, uh, that's not the model of consistency because I'm doing so much other bullshit. But uh, Thought Cops, uh, more consistent than Sober Radio. Uh, that's just, sometimes you got to yeah, take breaks barely. and do other shit. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody, check out Class of 09, the re-up. It's great. And we'll see you on the other side. See you, Space Cop. Do you put a sound effect there? Zwick, put a sound effect there. <laughs>